go to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, amen, chapter number 22. Book of Genesis, chapter number 22. These are the five verses of Bible, amen. Genesis, chapter number 22. Genesis, chapter number 22. All day. Amen. We're going to begin reading at the first verse. You know, uh, when we think about Abraham, we always think about faith. So we will be using that terminology today in regards to Abraham. The Lord says that our faith is under fire. Our faith is under five. Verse 1 in chapter 22 of the book of Genesis says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt. Now that word tempt, that means test. Test Abraham. Abraham is symbolic of our faith. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. What about addressing things that the, the very first couple of lines in the first verse in, in Genesis chapter 22, it says, and it came to pass after these things. Mm-hmm. What are these things? What, 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 are, what are we talking about? Uh, after these things. It came to pass. See, the test comes to pass only after certain things are taking place. After these things. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter number 21. And let's look at some of the these things. There is a process that has to take place when our faith is being tested. But before our faith is being tested, there are some things that has to take place. Looking at verse number 8, it says, And the child grew and was, what's the next word? Winged. The child grew and was winged. Now, God says that, that what has to take place in our life, that has, has to become a weaning process. A weaning process. Well, what's the, what is the weaning process? I, I begin to think about a baby, and I begin to think about a mother that nurses a child. In that weaning process, there must be a separation of that which was dependent upon. Amen? Amen. Those things that a baby depends on, it depends on uh, the milk for nourishment from the mom. It, it, it depends on that, 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 that care and that caressing from his mom. So, yeah, but for the, uh, for the text sake, God says that there has to become a, a separation on that which we depend on, our trust for the nourishment and our happiness. Sometimes we depend on the world for the things that we need, but yep. we don't need the things of the world. Amen. Amen. It's got to be a weaning process. Now, the next thing about a weaning process, we have to wean ourselves from being self-sufficient. Anybody know that sometimes you think you can take your town and do what you can do? You know, that means you're self-sufficient. You don't have to ask anybody about anything, but you're, you're doing it because you are self-sufficient. So God said we have to wean ourselves from that process, wean ourselves from that because we've got to come to 
depend on God. That depend on God. And the next thing is we have to wean ourselves from our self-will. Wean ourselves from our self-will. And then the self-seeking, those things that we seek after, uh, we have to wean ourselves from those things that we are seeking after. And And the most difficult thing is the next process in the weaning process. I want us to look at Psalms 131. Psalms 131. I'm dealing with this weaning process. Psalms 131. Because it's not easy. I know we have many mothers in here, and some have breastfed and some have not. And I know you've seen or observed some people that have. But there's a process there that's very difficult in that weaning process. Psalms 131. And verse number two. Psalms 131, verse number two. Oh, today. Amen. Amen. Psalms 131, verse number two says, Surely I have behaved and quieted myself. As a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul is even as a weaned child. It is. It seems like that in that winning process, that there's an uprising. Uh, the baby don't want to let go of the box, right? The baby don't want to let go at all. Huh. So, in a winning process in our lives, there's some things that we don't want to let go of. But God said, in order for us to have that relationship that we're supposed to have with Him, there's some things we have to let go of. We have to let go of. There has to be a removal and a concealment of the object. When you think about uh, the, the baby, when you think about how the, the child is being weaned, there comes a time when that mother has to put herself, uh, her breast, at a distance from the child. And, 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 and the Lord showed me something. He said, it's just like this. It, it, it holds on to that. It do not want to let it go. But we have to uh, uh, put ourselves at a place where we can't get to it. How many know that, that the, um, the pleasures of sin is great?
But look at verse number 25. It says, choosing rather to suffer affliction, prayer, with the people of God. They can do what? And then to enjoy the pleasures with an X of sin for a season. In other words, he's saying he chose rather to suffer affliction. How many other people God goes through? And we have to choose to choose to be with the people of God rather than to, it says, enjoy the pleasures with an X of sin. For a season. Do you not know sin is the sin is just for a season? The pleasure of it is just for a season. You can continue sinning and sinning, but just the pleasure of it is just for a season. You can continue to act and still and not be pleasurable to you. Because it's only for a season according to the Word of God. According to the Word of God. Uh, we're going somewhere now. Going back to Genesis chapter number one, we understand there has to be a weaning process. A weaning process. You know, in this maturity. You have to have a, a winning process. And it's in verse number 8, and the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac, I forgot to this our choice, was weaned. That's got to be a celebration. See, when we are, when, it's like this, when you first get saved, that, there's an excitement, right? When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there's an excitement, right? And even so much the excitement is that the angels in heaven rejoice when just one is saved. It doesn't talk about a whole lot, folks. When it's talking about just one saved, the angels in heaven, they, they rejoice. They have a shout. So here there's a celebration because there's a winning process. Now verse number 9 says, And Sarah, which means nobility. Stay with me. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Now, that son is Ishmael. And Ishmael is what was birthed in the flesh. It, it was what was birthed in the flesh. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Do you not know that whatever we birth in our flesh, it's going to mock your promise? It'll make fun of your promise. See, flesh, your flesh will mock your promise. It'll make fun. But there's something has to be done. See, whenever you see the enemy making a mockery of you, this is what, what the Bible says we have to do. Remember that all these are prerequisites before the testing of our faith. Now, verse number 10 says, Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be born. Heir. The heir means your inheritance. With my son, he will not. In other words, what has to happen here is you've got to get rid of the flesh. Because see, Ishmael, it, it was birthed in the flesh. See, you've got, you got to cast that thing out. You've got to get rid of the, the, the flesh of the desires, those things in our flesh. We've got to get rid of Because then the reason being is that it wants your inheritance. Do we not know we all have an inheritance? Yeah. And our flesh that wants to be part oh my God. Our flesh wants to be partaker of our inheritance. But God, you gotta cast that out. Mm-hmm. You 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 gotta cast that out. You you cannot allow the things of the flesh be partakers of that which God has promised you. Your inheritance. Your inheritance. Now, flip over verse number twenty five, same chapter, because we're dealing with the prerequisites. That's number 
Verse number 25. Verse 25. Remember that there has to be a winning process. You've got to get rid of that bond woman, which is, represents our flesh. That family birth in our flesh. That's not of God. And here's the third thing that has to take place before we go to the testing of our faith. Verse number 25 says, And Abraham said, I will sweat. And Abraham reproved, which means to correct Amalek. <coughs> now, Amalek is a father, or he's the, uh, he's the father, he's the king, but he's the king of the satanic worship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is what, why we have to correct or rebuke the Amalek. That, 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 that king, that Satan that wants to sit up on the throne of our hearts. This is the reason why we have to cast them out. We have to correct or reprove. He says, because of a whale of water, which Amalek's servants had violently taken away. How do I know that Satan? Because it's trying to, it's taking away the whale. Whale represents the water. Whale represents the spirit. See, the Satan always wants to take what belongs to God. So he'll do whatever he can. He, the word of God said he violently took it away. He violently took it away. Quickly, chapter 26. We're going somewhere. Chapter number 26. We're going to look at verse number 15. Here's what Satan wants to do. I know we've got a few places we're going, but we'll be all right. Amen. Amen. Chapter 26. Look at that verse number 15. We're laying ground Laying ground 15 says, For all the wells which his father's servants had did in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Do you not know that the enemy would love to stop up your wells on the He'll do whatever he can do to stop up the wells of your own. Now, that word, the Philistines there means enemies. In other words, it's operating illegally. See, see, there's some illegal, illegal aliens that operate inside of us. Amen. And its whole purpose is to stop up the anointing, stop up that whale that God has placed on the inside of us. He wants to stop it up. Now, look how persistent, look how persistent the enemy is in stopping up the whale. Look how persistent he is. Anybody understand how persistent Satan is? He does not want us to reach the place that God wants us to reach in the kingdom. So he is very persistent. Now, look at verse number 18 in Genesis chapter 26, same chapter. Verse 18 says, And Isaac then began the wells of water. Okay? Whenever the enemy comes on him and stops up your well, what do you got to do? You got to dig it up. Amen? Anybody catch that? Amen. You got to dig it up. Because the enemy is very consistent at what he's trying to do. Because really, he wants to stop up the way. He wants to stop up the flow of anointing that God has placed on the inside of you. So, and Isaac did again, meaning he had done it before, the wells of water, which they had did in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death ooh, of Abraham. Watch out. For your faith. Death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants did in the well. He did in the valley. 
There are times when you've got to go to a low place and begin to dig. The valley represents the nutrients. If most, a lot of times we feel like we always want to be on the mountaintop, but if you get in that low place, in that valley, that's where your nutrition's are. That's where the nutrients are. So you've got to learn to know where to dig and how to dig. And right now, when you, when, when you see the Satan is trying to overpower and overthrow, you've got to go to the place of your nutrients. Wherever you're getting fed, yeah, that's where you need to go. You, you got to get it in the Word of God, but that's where your nutrients come from. Amen? Amen. You've got to get into the Word of God. He, he begins, he digs, he digs his well, he, he digs it in the back. Amen. Now, first night, night King says, And Isaac's service dig in the valley, and found there a well of what kind of water? Amen. Amen. Huh. So, if you dig in the valley, that what you need is going to spring up. If you dig for the place that where there are nutrients, it's going to spring up for you. So, but you've got to be consistent in your digging process. Because why? Because the enemy is going to always be trying to stop up your weight. They're always trying to stop up your weight. But, but as you dig, once to God always brings something forth when you dig in the right place. Now, verse number 20 says, And the herdmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the, the woman is ours. Hmm. And he called the name of the well Esau, which means contention, because they strove with him. <laughs> they called the well they They didn't the well. Do you not know? I, I, I always love the scripture. It talks about when, when the enemy is gone or the demon is gone out of a man. And it's been swept and gunched clean. And he goes and he looks and he search for some dry crystal. And when he can't find anybody to dwell in, because Jesus has to have bodies, then what he's saying is, I'm coming back. And he finds that the house has been swept and gunched, but there's one problem. There's no furnishings in it. You see, you can be swept clean, but you've got to have something put in on the inside. Amen. And this is what he said. He said, when he couldn't find nowhere, no one else to go dwell in, he said, I'm going back to whose house? He said, my house. Now, your house, this temple, Satan is calling his house. But he comes back with some worse than what he, he left with. He comes back with stronger deals. And then he says he's going to take over his house. So he needs to call your house his house. So this shows you how persistent Satan is. Persistent. Verse number 22 says, And he removed from this, talking about when you're digging that well, how you have to continue to move because the enemy wants to stop up your way. And he removed from this. And he did another way. You ever see the persistence of Satan? Persistence. And he removed from this and did another well. And from that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rabbah, which means a place of enlargement. See, there will come to there will come a time when the place where you 
you've been digging, and, and the enemy can no longer have control over that which God has given you. God has enlarged your territory. Amen. So he's enlarged your territory. And he said, for now the Lord has made room for us. For now the Lord has made room for us, and we should be what? Fruitful in the land. You see, you, you got to understand and look at and all the prerequisites before the, the testing of your faith because the adversary is very persistent. There's got to be a weed. You've got to become dependent on God, dependent on no one else, nothing else, nothing. Anything that's going to keep you separated from God, you've got to be separated from that. You have to be dependent on God and God alone. And then the next thing, you've got to get rid of that flesh. You've got to get rid of your Ishmael, that, that thing we birthed in our flesh. You can't receive the inheritance that God has for us. And then we've got to recognize the fact that the enemy loves to keep on stopping up our will. He wants to stop up the will. But the, but the beauty of it is, huh, we win in the end. Amen? Amen. The beauty of it is that we, we win in the end. Now, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. Now, I'm not just... Our faith under fire. Faith. Anybody's faith been under fire? Yes. Anybody's faith been under fire? Yes. What you believe? You know, been under fire? Yes. Praise God. I see the hands and I see the love. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. But it's not a bad thing. No. It's not a bad thing. Because God can show you some things when your faith is under fire. Amen. Okay. After those things, the test, the test is out Verse 2 says, and he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now, the word son there means build, but it also represents something else. You see. And when I say see, I don't mean money, but it means see. Here God is saying to us, you take that seed, and I want you to offer it up to me. Okay, God. What are you saying? See. The seed, in that seed, is the sum total. I want y'all to get this now. In that seed is the sum total of who you are. Mm. Think about it. Mm. Think about the seeds. I was outside the other day and I was picking up some pecans. But you know, that's just the fruit of the seed. Mm-hmm. And before the fruit came, that was the tree, the branches. And then that was the seed. But see, the seed is the sum total of who we are. So the, what the Lord is saying to us in, in today, in today, I understand about Abraham over those many years ago, but I'm talking about us today. God says, I want you to present the sum total of who you are to me. And I want you to offer it up as a burnt offering. I said, God, what do you mean a burnt offering? He says, that burnt offering represents a higher place, an ascension of a higher place. God said, if you can see it, you can have it. So, so in other words, God said, you, you give, me, give me all of you because I want to take you to a higher place. But there's got to be a specific place where you take it. The land of Moriah. Remember, 
were lying. Significance. Significance, that's what means. Significance name. Hmm. Never seen it before, but there is a significance name. So we take the sum total of who we are, offer it up to God, so we can go to a higher place in Him. But it can only be done in the land of Moriah. Now, Moriah, and also as far as what it says, one of those mountains. Now, Moriah is one of those, it's that land that's within Jerusalem. Jerusalem means peace. Remember that. Remember that. Remember that. Hmm. He says, I'm going to tell you which mountain you're going to offer up the sum total of who you are. What's verse number three? Another thing that has to be taken first. Verse three says, and Abraham, see, our, our faith has to be resurrected. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and morning to be the breakfast. And he said, and saddle his ass. Okay, God. What are you saying? Saddle means to haunch. See, ass also represents a donkey. And a donkey is one that bears birds. So, so God said, you got to, before you can get to where that place I want you to be to show you what I want you to do, you've got to harness it. You've got to saddle that, that ass on the inside of you. The beast. Hmm. It's got to be, got to be harnessed. Because see, birds can't go where God wants to take it. So it has to be saddled. It has to be saddled. Those birds have to be saddled. You see, birds waste us down. That's why the word of God said we need to lay aside every weight, every weight, and the sin that so easily beset us. Because see, burdens will cause us to be weighted down. So we don't need any weights because of where we're going to and what God is showing us. Amen? Okay. So he says you got to sell that. You got to sell that beast on the inside. Then the Bible says, and he took of his young men, two young men, those who come. Young men mean those, those youthful, that, that is, uh, inspired uh, with him. And Isaac, Isaac represents our children, his son, and claimed the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Watch verse number four. Then, on the third day, the day of resurrection, when your faith is resurrected, then, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Okay, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? He said, when our faith is resurrected, when our faith gets to another level, that's, only, that's the only time we can see where God wants to take us. And he said, the place is afar off. In other words, you, you got it in view. But it's a long way up. And the only way you can see it is your faith has to go to another level in order to see where God is taking you. That's good. Okay, That's God. good. Hmm. That is good. But something else he says, he reveals that place. He said, when his faith was resurrected, when his, when his vision had changed, he saw the place afar. But God, what is this place? What is this place that he sees? What is this place, God, that you're trying to, to let us see where we need to get? This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to us. Huh? Know where that place is? What he saw? 
He saw the place of the crucifixion. Okay, guys, what is this place of crucifixion? Why are you saying when he looked and he saw it from afar off? He sees the place of crucifixion. The place of crucifixion is a place of death. Yes. So the sum total of who we are, we have to get to that place where we know that we've got to go to the place of crucifixion, a place of death. See, that's why, remember, well, he told me, I'll show you a lion. He talks about Mariah. And when he talks about Mariah, see, Mariah is that lion that is in, among the hills in Jerusalem. So what Abraham really sees, and when our faith gets to that place where it needs to be, what we really receive is a death to ourselves. Not a physical death, yeah. but the death by flesh that's beyond. The psalm told us must have to die in order for us to get to where God wants us to be. Amen. He sees, he sees, he sees crucifixion. Place of death. That thing is rich. Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. And then verse 5 says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Watch this. After you get a vision, after you can, and if you can grab hope to, to that place of crucifixion where God wants to take us all to, to that place where the psalm told us of, of, of us dies. Verse 5 says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with us, and I and the lad will go yonder and do what? Worship. Wait a minute. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. That, that, that's power. Here, God is saying, offer up the sum total of who you are. Huh. I, I want you to offer it up. I, I want you to, to die to yourself. And, and, and the sum total of everything God said you will ever be. Hey, the sum total of everything that God said you will ever have. God said, give it to me. You, you got to let it down because see, that's the only way God can live in you. But the amazing thing is, when our faith level reaches the place where it needs to be, then we understand worship. He knew being worship, he had to go to a place of worship. How in the world will you know that you're going to be stripped from everything, you're going to lose the sum total of who you are, that prophecy, but you can go to worship? That's power. Yes. That's power. When you, when you can understand and come to the place, that's why when you come in on Sunday morning, Get about that <laughs> and go into worship. Because see, things happen in worship. God reveals things in worship. You can that you cannot see in your natural man. So it's all in worship. That's why sometimes it's better to close your eyes and forget your total surroundings. Because see, it's about you and God. See, God is oh, I need See, God is the audience. See, we we got it all messed up. We think the people said, not our base audience. We think the praise team is the one that's supposed to perform or entertain. But God said, no, no, no. God said, I'm here sitting in the audience and I'm waiting on you to praise and worship me. See, well, 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 see that, that, that takes worship to another degree. Because it's not about who's, who's here. It's not about who's there. Who's, it's not about what's going on. It's about your relationship with God. It's about you and God. It's not about anybody else. It's about you and God. So you've got to go to a place of worship. And worship does not just start on Sunday morning. Huh. 
Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is conforming, God. Worship is communion with the Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Worship is communion with Him. And just allowing Him to love on you, love on you, love on you. And when you come out of worship, things change. When you come out of worship, see, He knew, He knew. If if He offered up, the son told who He was. He had that kind of faith in God. He had that kind of faith. And God, so he said, now, even those two that were with him, he said, now, y'all stay back there with the beast. <laughs> he just stay with that thing and You stay back there. Me, he said, me in the land. You see, you got to be careful who you take with you to worship. Isaiah chapter number 30. Isaiah chapter number 30. We're going back. Isaiah chapter number 30. Verse number 20. Remember that. 
looks behind and he sees something. Watch what God is saying now. We always see God go before us. Verse number 20, Isaiah chapter 30. Verse 20 says, And though the Lord give you the what? Amen. Who give you the bread of adversity? Amen. So everything in the devil's called it. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of what? Hebrews chapter 11. 17 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, 
over the ijzer. And he that had received the promises over of his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac should I see and become. And look at 19. Accounting means taking inventory of past experiences. Accounting that God was able to do what? Raise it up. Even from where? From which also he received him in a what? In a figure. What did he see? What does the figure represent? Next thing he sees is the resurrection. Coming alive. The resurrection. Come on, y'all. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Amen.